Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So I truly believe that as early adopters and innovators or trial and error people, pioneers, whatever you want to call us that are in this space trying to figure this NFT space out, we have a lot of responsibility to also be educators. And of course, when you get onto Twitter or on social media in general, when you find someone who has an opinion as strong strong opinion about something is virtually impossible these days to change someone's mind. However, every now and then I see someone that is just very misinformed and they're still open to have a discussion. And that actually happened today. So everything that I'm going to discuss is literally from a string of tweets, a discussion that I had with someone who was accusing the NFT space and creators and everything is just being a giant scam. So after another person made a tweet about NFTs, someone responded in a very negative way, accusing it of being a giant scam, a Ponzi scheme, and so forth. Obviously, it is not a Ponzi scheme by definition. However, a scam is something that could be discussed now. We can have a discussion about that because someone else, the first person who actually responded to this said, by definition, if you look up what a Ponzi scheme is, in no way does this possibly fit. So the person responded by saying it is definitely a scam. And of course, they start throwing around the uh, buzzwords such as decentralization, trustless, and all sorts of different things, which is what we love to use. And this person now says that NFTs are the most fertile grounds for scam in history. Now, that is absolutely possible. There is no way for me to actually be able to determine that or whatever. So I wouldn't even touch that topic in itself. However, once one person now jumps in, I just said, my great granny used to tell me about people who refused to put their money into the bank because they thought it was a giant scam. I'm dedicating the next decade at minimum to NFTs. I'm old enough to remember when experts were saying that there were way too many websites in the world, right? So at that point, this is where the discussion opens up and this is where I come in. And that person now responds to me by saying that your great granny is from that whole Great Depression era in 1920s. And that's why she was afraid of putting her money in the bank. Now I'm just getting into the discussion again. This is a warm up to defend NFTs. And the reason why I'm even taking the time to do this, because I know this might sound frustrating to a lot of people. However, as I said, I believe that we coming to the space, we're going to be under a lot of attack. And unless we're educated enough to be able to defend our position, be able to speak about it, we're going to be accused of trying to scam people, especially when we're retweeting different projects. Either they're going to accuse us of flexing, trying to show off that we have all of this quote unquote funny digital money, or they're going to say that we're involved in these scams. So I think it's very important for us to actually understand how to defend these positions, have this conversation with people in a way that is not attacking. I'm not calling him stupid. I'm not going to get down into the mud and start wrestling. However, I do see that this person is actually open to a real conversation. I went to the Twitter page. I see that this is actually a finance person that actually respects the stock markets and everything. This is a regular person, not like a big, massive uh, follower of someone who is engaging online, having conversations back and forth. So I say, okay, this is a civil person. This is not a troll page. Now this person responds by saying, if you trust anyone selling an NFT, hyping it up to join a community, blah, blah, blah. What resource do you have if they lied? Or if believingly repeated someone else's lie, 
none. So now this is a real problem in the case or, or in the space in that a lot of people are just regurgitating information and repeating things that they hear. They don't do their own due diligence. They don't do their research. They might have just saw it on one YouTube video, read it in a tweet thread or whatever it is, and it just stuck. And this happens a lot, not just in uh, this NFT space, but it happens with people's politics, religion, science, anything that they think of. They hear a person of authority, any kind of position, and it could literally make no sense. But if it comes from someone that you respect as being an authority figure, then you end up using that and repeating that. And I don't, when I say you, I'm seeing the generic you as in people, not you specifically. I'm just saying that it is natural for a child to repeat their parents. It is natural for students to repeat their parents. It is natural for a lower ranking soldier to repeat their senior ranking soldiers. So that could be a problem in this space because someone might feel that, okay, this person has a board ape. They have hundreds of uh, NFTs. They've been in this space for so long and I've only been in it for two months. So they are an authority figure. So what they say must be true. Not necessarily. That is why you have to do your own due diligence and all these different things. So of course, I didn't really respond to that in uh, directly, but I go back to the whole thing and say, my grandmother actually did have her money in the uh, bank. It's just that other people were telling her that she was crazy. Now, in the case of NFTs, I will give you a few examples of utility. You can buy a movie ticket and you can get bonus footage. Or you can have general admission to a concert and get upgraded to backstage passes. Now, the person responds, well, that can all be done without an NFT. And even if you use an NFT, the almighty blockchain, it requires a trusted non-blockchain interface to make the purchase, <laughs> verify the identity as the purchaser, provides the external service, and so on. See, this is where the person clearly is just misinformed. And the whole point of the whole blockchain, this whole technology, is that is a trust trustless system is not depending on that middle person, that trusted third party to verify that person A and person B have the funds that they claim to or the item that they claim to. So when the transaction is being sent and the assets, whether it be the crypto or the NFT is being transferred, that is going to be a simultaneous transaction and both parties get what they want on each side. It doesn't need that third party in the sense of a bank or a ticket master or something like that, a stub hub, you know, where you're doing this with a third party uh, provider or a third party system that's validating everything. No, the blockchain itself is doing this through all of the computers. So it is very hard to get all these computers all across the world, scattered across the globe to coordinate with each other and commit some egregious fraud as far as the validity of the sending party and also the receiving party, right? And then of course, we get into some discussion about the differences between stocks and investing in stocks and how there are securities and measures and all sorts of different things. So that's when I responded that just because something goes to zero or it loses and it fails does not mean that it is a scam. And I gave the example of I have a wallet that I bought on Kickstarter. It was about 10 years ago. Mine shipped. However, the company went out of business before everyone else got their wallet. So because of that, a lot of people were saying that it was a scam and all sorts of different things. And however, I received mine and I was happy. And 10 years later, despite the fact that my wife says it is not a real wallet, I still have this wallet and I use it every single day. So that is an example of, and if you go to that Kickstarter page right now, you can see countless people saying this was a big scam. This was a fraud. And literally, I have the wallet. 
using that analogy, and that's the thing with analogies, that they always break down at some point. However, this conversation is still going, and it is a good, healthy, uh, I would say, dialogue, not a debate. We're just going back and forth, and we're trying to get to a common ground. And he does say some things that I absolutely agree with, but then there's a lot that I completely disagree with. In this case, that he's he responds by saying that basically I was not buying a $1,000 asset, hoping that it went up. I was actually just purchasing a wallet. And if there was some kind of fraud, there are laws and protections, and those people can go to jail. 100% agree with that. So that analogy is not perfect. Then, of course, I responded by saying all of this is in his infancy, and this technology is not perfect. However, as far as deeds, international transactions, anything that has a certificate of authenticity, any kind of product that needs to be verified, it can all be done on the blockchain in the form of an NFT. What we see right now is just the early adopters playing in its infancy, right? That's all I said. And he responded by saying the blockchain as technology may have its place when its interface to the rest of society can be trusted. But using the vague potential of tech that's very few understand at all to hype utility valueless nfts are just a way to contribute to a scam now one thing that he said in that passage which i 100 agree with if there is a valueless nft and again the value really depends on the stock that somebody puts in it does lead to scams because i can literally throw anything up and if i'm good at marketing it can convince someone that it has value now i might not be able to sustain this long term i might not actually be able to turn this into a real business, but I can definitely assume at least one person is going to fall for the hype. And that's what scammers are doing. They're playing a numbers game. They're trying to build a big enough hype about something for someone who's not doing their due diligence, doesn't fully understand it, and they're playing on their ignorance. They're also playing on other emotions, the FOMO, the hopelessness, because someone who is in a bad financial spot or necessarily might not even be in a bad financial spot, but they're emotional by seeing other people make it quote unquote big in the NFT space, they feel left behind. So they want to get on the next big thing. So playing on those emotions, pumping in the hype, that is one way that scammers do that. And we've covered that in this show. However, this is not always the case. So of course, I started to just throw out a bunch of utilities. I, I covered the AMC, how they airdropped uh, the everyone that pre-ordered Spider-Man. They were able to get that NFT. And it's for someone like me who doesn't have an AMC by me. If for whatever reason, I was collecting these Spider-Man NFTs and I really wanted one. A person that might have a ticket does not want one can easily list that and resell it and someone who doesn't have access to it can purchase it. So you're adding value to that person who purchased that movie ticket. AMC, of course, is getting the pre-orders, allows to have that cash flow, knows exactly how to gauge how much staff they need for a particular day, how many screens they need to put Spider-Man on and so on. But also at the same time, that ticket holder, let's say it becomes a collector's item and can sell that for 10x or whatever it is of their movie ticket or just break even or maybe just even a couple of dollars, it, it really doesn't matter in the sense that either way, they are purchasing a movie ticket and the theater down the road is selling it for the same price. However, AMC gave this utility of a free NFT. So really anything I sell it for is just icing on the cake because really what I paid for was to see Spider-Man. 
And of course, there was a little bit more dialogue about the stock markets and going back and forth and saying someone can do their due diligence and it's very hard for a stock market or a stock to go to zero, which actually can because if a stock ends up in bankruptcy, whatever, after all the debts are settled, if there's anything left, that is all the person gets. But when a person actually buys stocks, they are 100% taking on all of that risk. And that is the thing, the limited liability of the corporation, the company and the owners, if you will, the officers, unless some something crazy went down, say Enron, where they're going to be fined and they lose money, but they're not going to be held liable for all those investors that lost all that money, what they're going to be uh, charged for or fined for their criminal wrongdoings. But let's say it is a multi-billion dollar company. They're not going to owe multi-billions of dollars to all of the shareholders because they don't even have that kind of money. In the case of Enron, that was like a massive company. And the fines were in the millions, very high millions, but millions nonetheless. And lastly, I, I, the other example that I gave was the fact that a local business, let's say this is a business that you frequent. This is somewhere that you go, but they offer a VIP event, some sort of VIP access in the form of an NFT ticket. It only costs $300. This is a place that they know, they like, they trust. They actually shop there. Does it matter that that ticket is digital or does it have to be a piece of physical paper to have any kind of value? So this is the parallel that I'm going to uh, give because anyhow that it doesn't matter to you that is a digital ticket, welcome to Web3. You are in the NFT space, right? Because if you don't necessarily need a physical, tangible piece of paper to understand that there is value in something, then you are prime for someone who could have some NFTs. And the funny thing I find about this whole thing is uh, this person is actually involved in the stock market and has a lot of faith in the stock market. And I guarantee you this person has never, well, I shouldn't say guarantee, but I can, I'm willing to make a bet <laughs> that this person has never seen a physical stock certificate. First of all, companies don't even print those anymore. So unless it is like some old legacy company that they would not have a physical stock certificate. They most likely have it electronically stored on a brokerage and all they have is numbers on a screen. So drawing that parallel to really show that these things do have value and they are not tangible, but they are definitely something that can be traded, something that should be desired, whether or not uh, you're in that market is a completely different story, but it's the same thing as someone who's trading other instruments, whether it be investment funds or stocks or bonds or futures, anything like that. It's really just something on a screen at this point because there is no physical good that is exchanged. And then, of course, there's just a misunderstanding about needing a website and all sorts of different things. The analogy that was used was a ticket master and all the different steps that are needed to for a person to transfer a ticket from one party to the other. And of course, ticket master being the trusted middle person and what have you. So that's what everything was wrong with this whole thing. You don't need another website. I said, literally, all I need is to know what your wallet address is. And right now I can send you an NFT for free. And if you decide to sell that, you could do whatever you want with it. You can profit off of it. You can change it. You can flip it up to other things. And it does not require either of us to show each other ID. We don't need that middle person in the in between or that trusted website, as he calls it, to verify this transaction. There, there no dollars has to change hands. Literally, I can send him. I can airdrop him anything, really. And he could do whatever he wants with that. And that can actually result in real world dollars. I think that is a 
thing that he's really missing. I think the the narrative is that all these scammers are doing different things and the bad actors in the space that are just driving this in hype, people that are burned, they don't forget that stuff. So when it comes to a bad experience, they're going to share that with everyone and then that is what's going to be echoed. So I think that us in the space, not only do we have to understand that there is real world value, that these things actually have a utility and all sorts of different things, but I think it's very important that we understand the parallel, some analogies that we can use. And again, analogies do break down and analogy is not a cover all blanket because the further you go with that analogy, the more dangerous it gets into uh, breaking down and saying, okay, fit that scenario. But for a simple concept to say, liken an NFT to a stock and a project to a company, things like that is very helpful and applicable because this person really, uh, I would say, I wouldn't say that (laughs) they are in the NFT community and just ready to go and pick up their next mint or anything like that or sweep a floor off a project. However, I could see that the tone really came down a level and it, it definitely shifted from being an attack of that third party that I don't even know who that third party is, to be honest. I just happened to uh, stumble upon this thread and jumped into the conversation. So understanding this and seeing that this person, for whatever reason, is just really hesitant and seeing all the bad acting that's going on, I realized that this person is a legitimate person with legitimate concerns. So it could have been very easy for me to either brush him off as just being ignorant or brush him off as being a troll or whatever it is. But the more I spoke to to him is the more I saw that he was genuinely concerned. The person who was originally attacked in the thing ends up sending me a DM and asking me a few questions and saying, hey, brother, I really appreciate how you uh, went about that and so forth. And I see you have a lot more patience than I did because I was ready to just shut down as soon as he accused me of being a scammer. And this person is just stepping into the space and really trying to grow and and do whatever it is that he's doing. So I think when when we see someone being attacked or whatever it might be, they might not have the verbiage or they might not have the patience or the temperance to actually deal with these attacks. I think it's as a family, as a community that we should look out for each other, right? Because, you know, we say wag me, you know, uh, we're all going to make it. But at the same time, we have to help each other. We have to look out for each other. And we see one of our, you know, NFT brothers or sisters being attacked over something that really it's due to the person's ignorance or whatever it is, it it doesn't hurt to just jump in and and say something. And of course, and I wasn't on a war path just ready to argue with this person because in my younger days, absolutely, I would take on any kind of argument and just absolutely love that sort of thing. And it's just absolutely crucial that we take the time to not only just uh, do this in general, but our friends that we're trying to bring into the space as well. If we pitch it to them as just some opportunity to make money or just throwing the tech at them, or if we're just throwing the arts and all these different things, if you listen to the episode where I actually said how to convince your friends and family to get on board, you can piggyback this off of it. And that was episode number, let me take a look to see what that is. That was episode number 68. And that was from January 20th, 2022. So that is just going off of this. It piggybacks with that episode. So I would highly recommend if you have not listened to that, to listen to that one after listening to this. And it just sort of 
presents how to have that conversation. And if you're really not prepared or willing to educate that person and you just want to uh, push them into the project, I would actually ask you not to share it with them because to get someone in there and not want to encourage them to do their own due diligence or have that conversation, it's only going to create more problems. That's going to set them up to be scammed. And those are the people that are going to make the wrong click or dump all their money into a project that is a rug pull and some fly-by-night operation and they're going to come back to you and say, you got me into this scam. Why could you or why would you drag me into this space? So I would not even set yourself up for that kind of liability, but it is great to just have the conversation, keep an open mind and share these things with other people. Hopefully you can see where I'm coming from, why it took so much time and uh, all that bandwidth to actually go back and forth with this person. But I really think it's very important. And this is not to say that, oh, I know so much about this and try to convince anyone anything. No, what we're trying to do is if we see someone that has some legitimate concerns, just to address those concerns, it is like just the common decent thing to do. Take NFTs and all this fun space and everything out of it. If it were anything else, let's say people wearing a seatbelt or anything really that someone wanted to have a legitimate conversation about, a teenager that wanted to start doing some crazy things and you were just like there as a person who has already experienced life and what have you and they're asking questions, I don't think you would necessarily brush that person off. No, you take a minute, you would explain the thing to them. And at the end of the day, they're going to make their own decision and they're going to learn. They're going to do their own due diligence or just jump into it. Either way, it is not on you. But since that opportunity does present it to itself, I think we do have that responsibility to at least say something, put some sound judgment or some sound advice or words into the space that person's head so that they can make their own decision. With that said, I'm just going to land the plane there. And hopefully that was helpful to you. And you didn't find that to be just a complete waste of your time and because I'm not trying to send you out there to argue with anyone. But I do appreciate you listening to this information. And if you do have any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Tropic Vibes. And until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.